Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind to both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner. And BizSimply is the all-in-one HR, workforce management, road and operations software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. One of the relationships that you have is with the environment that you're operating in. It's not just you and your employees, but it's also your neighbors. It's the uh, cities where you're, you're located. I mean, all of the companies in Small Giants have had a big positive effect on wherever they're located. And it's their impulse to do something that comes naturally to them, which is they want a higher purpose for what they do. Their employees want a higher purpose for what they do. People will go to work to get a paycheck, no question about it. But they'll be a lot more enthusiastic if they're not only getting a paycheck, but they're actually doing something that they think is going to make the world a better place. That is really what businesses should do. This is Bo Burlingham, and welcome back to part two, where I will continue my conversation with Bo around what great leaders know and do. He is a contributing writer at Forbes and was for more than 33 years editor-at-large at Inc. magazine. Along the way, he has written some well-known business books, and the most recent one is Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top, and my favorite, Small Giants companies that choose to be great instead of big. He's also co-author of a number of great books with Jack Stack, The Great Game of Business and a Stake in the Outcome. And if you're an entrepreneur, you need to read Street Smarts, which he's written together with serial entrepreneur Norm Brodsky. He's also co-founder of the Small Giants community. In part two, we dive into where we left last time where Bo explains about how he actually got started with all the great work around the book, The Small Giants. He shares his learning from studying entrepreneurs that actually have a different look at what success means besides making money. Bo also shares the great companies he has been studying has a very special mojo, and that primarily comes from the mindset of the leaders and the special relationship the business and the leaders have with all stakeholders around the business and the power of actually using these strong relationships with all your stakeholders when you have challenging time as we have right now here in business. In the end, he also shares what his new project is and it's very exciting actually about how can you build a company to last. But before you tune in, I really would like you not to miss out on this new free white paper we did together with BizSimply. It's called The Six Tenants of Agile Hospitality. Six tenants every leader needs to survive and thrive in the new era of hospitality. So get your copy by clicking the link in the show notes. But now it's time 
for Bo to take over. The truth is that when I started writing the book, I had no idea if there were others. I'd been at Ink Magazine for a long time, but I couldn't answer that question. I'd seen lots and lots of companies. So I began going out and searching and talking to people and doing research and trying to identify, see if there were other companies that had done this. And, you know, I, 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 what I was looking for is I wanted companies that were the best at what they did. In other words, the, if you were even if you were to talk to their competitors and they ask their competitors to name the best companies doing whatever they did, they would name that company. Uh, and I, I wanted companies where the leaders had actually, like Ari Weinstein and Paul Saginaw, had actually made a choice. In other words, it had been a deliberate decision on their part that, that they wanted to create what they defined as a great business and that that was more important than getting big. And um, I wanted I wanted companies that it had an impact beyond the business. I mean, you know, Zingerman's is, uh, and its various companies has really transformed Ann Arbor. Um, and uh, I wanted companies that it had that kind of an impact outside of the business. And I was also looking for companies that were, you know, great places to work that, you know, when you looked at uh, the employees, that they were highly motivated and they really felt very lucky to be uh, working where they were. And, um, you know, so I had these various criteria that I was using to base a lot on Zingerman's and I searched all over. I talked to everybody I knew and told them what I was doing. And uh, I, I did a lot of research online. And what I found was that there were a lot more of these companies than I could have ever imagined. And that they were in every industry. That there was always somebody. I mean, you know, one of them, for example, was a... Uh, a framing business. Well, a framing business, you know, every every town has its own little frame business. But I asked one person, is there somebody uh, in this industry who is really considered the best and sort of the top of the line? And she told me, she said, well, you've got to talk to Jay Galtz. And I said, who's Jay Galtz? And she said, oh, Jay Galtz is in Chicago. And uh, he is who everybody looks to. And so I wound up in going to uh, interview Jay Galtz and uh, look at his company. And they were indeed uh, a, a company like uh, that, had, you know, made this choice. Now, I, I should use, I should tell you that the, when I was writing the book, the, the name Small Giants hadn't come up. I I was looking for companies with something, some special quality that I had seen before 
sort of a magnetism. It's what I call mojo. And I think of mojo as the uh, business equivalent of charisma. You know, when, when a leader has charisma, you want to follow him or her. When a business has mojo, you want to be associated with that business. So I was looking for businesses with mojo. And I didn't have a name for them other than that. And so in writing the book, actually, uh, before before we we came up with a name, I um, I was writing, the whole book was written about companies with mojo and where does mojo come from? And uh, how did they get this uh, special quality that sort of set them apart uh, from other companies? And... Um, the uh uh it was really only after i had written the book i had to come up with a title for it <laughs> and uh i uh happened to uh, well i asked a lot of people for their suggestions but in particular this guy jay goltz in chicago who has a real he also came up with a title for finish big um and whenever I have a book, he's the guy I go to. What should I call this book? And he he came. He said uh, he gave me a bunch of different suggestions, and then he came up with this small giants. And I told it to my publisher, and my publisher immediately fell in love with it and said, "Oh, that's perfect." Um, and they already had a good good subtitle which was companies that choose to be great instead of big um and uh so then i had to go back over the manuscript and wherever i'd said businesses with mojo i had to put in small giants uh uh i mean the the, the overall content stayed the same obviously but once you have a name you got to use it. Yeah, and and that, that that name has become very powerful, Bob. Because I just want to come back to that. But how how many more businesses was there in um, besides the one you mentioned in the book? Like I guess the list was longer as you started digging for this, but you had to at some point, you know, accept that you know I need to, I need to make a choice. I need to, to curate them, and then also. It's, it's, it's incredible what happened with this book and you know you 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 there's somebody that came to you and said i want to build a community around the principles here so there's not only a the great game of business community but there's also uh you know a small giant book and I, I must be like the pinnacle of anyone that writes a book that actually people want to practice what's in the book because that's where the book really lives. It's a bit like you can take Marcus Aurelius' meditation. This is the same level. You know, people really practicing this philosophy. Well, it's true. And that's one thing that the great game of business and small giants have in common. I was writing about, in both cases, I was writing about something that people were already doing. Uh, they they had an aspiration it, with the great game of business that the, the, uh, there were a lot of people out there who once we named it once we talked about it they identified they said yes that's us this is what we want to do with small giants once I described I, I mean I basically was asking the question, where is that mojo coming from? 
and I was identifying the attributes that these companies had in common. I figured that that those would tell me where this mojo came from. And, you know, it, it had to do with who the leaders were. There were certain qualities about the leaders. It had to do with uh, what relationships they had with their communities, what kind of a workplace they had, um, what were their relationships with their customers and so forth. And I did have these companies, and it turned out when I looked closely at them and I interviewed them, that they actually had similar aspirations. And um, and, and that's really what the book became about. Came, uh, it was it was about their aspirations, and and I focused on the aspirations, and then showed how each of the companies tried to accomplish whatever it was that they wanted to do. And what happened was that there were people who read Small Giants. You know, they identified with it immediately, and they said, you know, they would come to me and say, you know, you've got a business opportunity here. And I said, what's that? And then they said, well, you know, there, there are companies, these companies don't have any way to know each other. They, they're just scattered all over, but they have the same aspirations. And how do they contact each other? How do they even know each other? And uh, I thought, well, you know, you're right. That's a good point. And uh, it would be good if there was an organization or a community or something that could um, allow these companies with these aspirations to interact with each other. And I was talking to one person who was sort of telling me this, telling me that there should be a community. And I was having dinner with him. And I said, look, he was an entrepreneur who I, the whole story connected there, but he he was an entrepreneur who had a very successful company that frankly, if I'd known about it before I wrote the book, I would have included it in the book. He was the person who was, his name was Paul Spiegelman, and he was telling me that I should really do something with this and create a community and organization or something. I said, Paul, look, doing this requires somebody who, number one, knows how to build an organization knows how to 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 make it self-sustaining over time and i've never done that and uh, it needs an entrepreneur in, a, in effect and i i said you know i've written a lot about entrepreneurs i know a lot about entrepreneurs i'm not sure i'd be a good entrepreneur for various reasons and i said it also requires somebody who has money you know because it's going to take time to build this organization and then get it to the point where it can generate income that will allow it to exist on its own without being taken care of. And I, I said, I don't begin to have uh, that kind of money. And I said, but Paul, you know, if this is something you'd like to do, I'd be happy to support you. Um, I think it would be a worthwhile thing to do, and 
you are an entrepreneur. You do know how to build an organization. You do know how to take an idea and, and build it and make it something that people are willing to pay for that can be self-sustaining over time. I said, you know, you do have he, he, you do have financial resources that would allow you to do this. And I said, if you want to do it, I'll just, I'll support you. I'll, I'll, I'll get behind you. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And so he went ahead and really he was the one who created the small giants community. And then he hired a general manager, a woman named Hemza. She's phenomenal. She has really, you know, built the organization and, uh, it, you know, brought together a staff that, uh, is just exceptional and and works extremely well together and they organize the annual uh summit uh which we have every year and they've also developed something which turns out to be a good cash flow generator for them it's something called the small giants leadership academy sgla it turns out that when you look at these companies, you know, a lot, they depend on the entrepreneur, the founder who identifies with the ideas. But if there's one thing that those people have in common, it's that they don't have any time. Um, and you cannot get, you, you can't do something that's going to take a lot of their time. But there's also something else, which is they want their companies to go on and to continue. And in order to do that, they need people who've been trained, you know, to look at businesses in this way. And that's what the Small Giants Leadership Academy does. Uh, it, it really takes people and exposes these sort of up-and-coming leaders in these organizations it exposes them to the best practices of all these other small giants. And it's been very successful. I mean, the, the, I, I, I've, I've never attended a session, but I've spoken to people who've been through it, and they just can't say enough good things about it. And... Uh, you know, it continues to uh, attract people. And, you know, that that is really uh, be, between what people pay for the summit and what people pay for the Leadership Academy. And there are a couple of other things that they do. They have a mentoring program that uh, is very good that people sign up for and that they pay for. And, you know, th this is what Paul has done. Paul has figured out okay, let's put this organization on a footing where it can generate enough cash that it can continue, it can pay all the salaries of everybody who we need to do this, and it can cover all the expenses that are going to come up, and uh, that's what he's done. And... Uh, so I, I give them all the credit in the world. And I, you know, people are constantly 
complimenting me on this small giants community and i'm i'm constantly saying it's not me uh it's uh it's paul and hamsa and hamsa's i mean i i i guess i was an inspiration for it but uh which i'm i'm happy to see uh but it's really something that these other people have really taken and they've made it their own and uh, i don't want, i don't want to steal their thunder it's, it's, i love that uh, bro and i think that's really great so so you've been on this like incredible journey with all these books i'm i'm deeply fascinated and in love with you know and the listeners are probably also fed up me talking about singermans and small giants and the great game of business it's not going to stop because there's so much to, to learn from that but but taking all that together just to to, to i want to ask you two questions before before we wrap up some uh, so which the audience really would maybe benefit what one of the question would be you know you said that like you mentioned earlier that jack stack uh, saw this you know you know recession change coming nobody knew it was a pandemic but now we're in this time there's really leaders out there starting to see we need really need to do things better we actually need to build business as a part of solving society's problems or what i call a business as a force for good what would be you know like if you condense down to as a, if you read the books i would say go and read the books there's a lot of nuggets and advice and insights in those books but what would be like in the time we're in now with all your knowledge all your insights over the years what would be the one thing you would go and focus on as a as a business owner entrepreneur right now if you look at the companies and small giants for example what they're all focusing on are the relationships that they have with all the people they come into contact with and i like to say you know what is a business a business is a group of people who get together and to create a product or a service that other people like so much they want to buy. And some of them like it so much that they're willing to actually pay you more than it costs you to produce it. That's what your profit is. Profit is essentially the applause that you're getting from your, uh, from your customers. And that, you know, when you look at it that way, you're also obviously one of the relationships that you have is with the environment that you're operating in it's not just you and your employees your relationship to your employees is as important as that is or, or your relationship to your customers but it's also your neighbors it's the uh it's it's the, the cities where you're where you're located i mean all of the companies in small giants have had a big effect uh, and had a, a big positive effect on wherever they're located. And, you know, it's, it's their impulse to do something that comes naturally to them, which is they want a higher purpose for what they do. Their employees want a higher purpose for what they do. People will go to work to get a paycheck, no question about it, but they'll be a lot more enthusiastic if they're not only getting a paycheck, but they're actually doing something that they think is going to make the world a better place. And that is really what businesses should do. I mean, I think, I, 
you know, businesses do a lot of good in the world, even if they're not trying to, uh, um, because fundamentally, if um, if you're going to have a successful business, you're going to have to create something that other people want to buy. Um, and you're contributing something that way. You can go further. I mean, that's sort of the minimum. Uh, you know, if, if you can't get people to buy whatever it is you're producing, you're not in business. <laughs> you're not going to have a business. But if they will buy it and they do want it, that's a contribution. And you can go further. If you look at those relationships that you have, the relationships with your employees, the relationships with your customers, the relationships with the with the community in which you're operating, your relationships with the world in general, it's whatever you you need to define I, I guess what I say to people generally is that the, the the thing is you need to define for yourself what you would consider to be a great business. Let your imagination go. What do you think would is would be great? What is great? And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to judge people. Everybody's got to make that decision on their own. Uh, and different people will have different ideas. The companies I write about in Small Giants happen to have, um, happen, happen to have thought about um, the uh, relationships that they have and that they wanted to have great relationships with everybody they came into contact with, you, you know, their employees, their customers, their suppliers, um, the community in which they operate and so forth. And, um, you know, that that's that's really what I think if you go into business, the question you have to ask, you should ask yourself is, what do I want this business to be known for? What do I want other people to say about this business? You know, in 10 years, in 20 years or whatever. What can I honestly say is going to make this business to be regarded as a great business? That I look at it and I think this is a great business. My children will look at it and say this is a great. They'll be proud to be associated with it. Um, you know, and 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 that's obviously part of that um, involves understanding the finances, which because you know really once a business gets above a certain size. Uh, you can't tell what's going on in it without the finances. I mean, you, you simply don't know. You don't know how whether or not you're you're generating enough cash, because um, you'll go out of business if you're not. I mean, I 
in the 10th anniversary edition of Small Giants, I did include a new chapter because of things that I had learned after the first edition came out. And it the chapter is about how small giants fail. And that's a very important chapter because there were some great companies in small giants that um, either got into trouble or, you know, were on the verge of um, going out of business or in some cases did go out of business. Um, you know, life goes on. You know, you write about companies and <laughs> people get older, things change, and it, it's just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to anybody who writes about businesses. And, you know, it happened, it's happened with all the companies. I mean, even since uh, I wrote the second edition, uh, you know, a lot has a lot has happened with all these companies. Um, and, you know, that's just natural. That's life. Um, and uh, um, they that doesn't take away from uh, what they've done uh, and the contributions that they've made uh, by their example. Um, but it's, it's something that, you know, you really want to be thinking about uh, when you're building your business. I mean, there are a lot of things you have to think about. You know, if you look at Finish Big, um, which we haven't really talked about, Finish Big is about um, the subject that uh, most people don't talk about, in, 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 namely, what happens at the end. Uh, every entrepreneur leaves his or her business. You know, no one lives forever. <laughs> and if you don't prepare for it, you know, it's possible to just run your business until you die and be carried out on a gurney. Um, but if that's all you do, what you're going to do is you're going to leave a big mess behind you. Uh, you're going to leave a big mess for your employees. You're going to leave a big mess for your customers. And most of all, you're going to leave a big mess for your family. And I don't think anybody, or I hope very, very few people would actually want to do that. Um, and in order not to, to leave those messes, it requires you to think and plan uh, early. I mean, as I say in Finish Big, People ask me how soon should they be thinking about their exit, and I said from the beginning. Um, you know, it, it, basically, when you build a business, uh, you're going on a journey, and it's worthwhile to think of it as a journey, because every journey has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you want to know 
you, you need to have that in mind when you actually start the business and you work on the business that <clears throat> you want to have a great journey, but you also want to have a great ending to that journey. Um, and that's something that you have to work at. Um, and you have to think about, uh, it doesn't just, if you don't, if you don't think about it, if you don't plan for it, if you don't prepare for it, um, it's not going to be pretty. Um, and, you know, there, there are some tragedies, which I write about in Finish Big. Um, I think uh, Bill Nyman's of, of Nyman Ranch uh, is, uh, is a classic one, a, a guy who really sort of started a whole industry of uh, basically raising animals and treating them in a certain way. And really, he his theory was that if you treat the animals well, that their meat is is going to be better. It's going to taste better. And it's true. I mean, you know, there's a reason why restaurants say that um, they're offering Nyman Ranch beef or Nyman, Nyman Ranch pork. Now, unfortunately, as the story, I tell the story, in eventually he wound up having to leave Nyman Ranch and to sell the company and its name, his name, to a private equity firm. Um, and he's not happy with what the private equity firm did with it. But, you know, he, he, he was misled while he was building the business, he was relying on people who were telling him what to do, who he he thought, he said, look, I'm a rancher, I'm a farmer. Uh, what do I know about business? I said, I don't know anything about business. I'll do what they tell me to do. Well, they weren't looking out for his interests, his real interests. Um, and it led to a very unfortunate ending. It's very interesting, uh, Bob, because we it's, it's, you, you put you you had to, there was a lot of question there, but it's like that thing. What is the the vision for the business, and how? What is your role in that vision, and when are you handing that vision over? I know that uh, Singermans again. I mentioned here where where they have a situation as two partner two partners, especially when you you're co-founders, you can have two different vision about what life after the business is and therefore it's important to have have these um, conversations you know straight up or at some part in the journey before it's too late and and besides it's because there's also a whole group of employees that's left left there's all that good stuff you're done that you need to protect if whatever the exit looks like um, but just one last question, Bo, before um, uh, we we shut off here and 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 
that's probably we couldn't keep on for 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 hours talking about this. I'm so passionate about it. But you've written all these amazing book, and you probably give a lot of these book work away. But if you would give one business book away that was not one of your own books you have been involved in, what business book would that be, and and why? That's a hard question, Michael. Um, I am a great admirer of Jim Collins. Um, my favorite book of his is not Good to Great. It's a book called Great by Choice. And uh, it's really about, it's, it's, it's about much more, more about entrepreneurs than Good to Great is. And uh, there are every bit as many lessons in there as there is. I mean, I'm also a great fan of Clayton Christensen, who is the uh, the the person who really, unfortunately, he died a couple of years ago, but uh, he really wrote tremendously important books about innovation, and innovation really lies at the heart of all of this, um, and he just thought very very deeply about it. So I. I, I would be torn between recommending uh, Jim Collins is great by choice and um, Clayton Christensen's. Uh, I'm not sure which which book I would recommend, but I'd recommend one of them. Um, so uh, you know, and then, but look what I'm leaving out. I'm leaving out Peter Drucker. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a tough question. I can see because I was thinking as well. Peter Drucker. You have uh, Peter Singer. Yeah, there's like lots of these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but I totally agree with it. The Jim Collins. Um, uh, that is a great by choice and a very related book that's called B 2.0. Now he came out with an updated version here a couple of years ago. Yes, I know. I I was involved in that because he actually uh, he sent me uh, a draft that he had done, and there were parts of it that were really just by him and that weren't in fact the old book. Uh, and the parts that were just by him were excellent, and um, but. The other parts needed a updating, and uh, and he asked, you know, he asked me and a bunch of other people who he gave the material to what we thought, and I told him what I thought, and apparently the upshot was he decided he wasn't going to do it, um, and I I thought that was really a shame because uh, there was so much good material in it and i uh he and i happened to share the same publisher and i was so uh thrilled to hear that he was actually going to go ahead and and do it eventually but it, there there was an there was an uh, a time there of several years when it was it was just there and uh uh it didn't look like anything was going to happen to it, but uh, I'm glad he changed his mind. Now, I am I know he's working on things now that are much different, really don't have much to do with business at all. 
and uh, I I haven't talked to him recently enough to to really have a good idea. But you know, just knowing Jim Collins, uh, it's going he's going to be it, it's going to be valuable. I, I don't know how. Somehow it's going to be great. I mean, you know, then there's also Tom Peters. I'm a uh, I've always been a big fan of Tom Peters and Tom and I. I, I met Tom when I was just starting at Ink Magazine, and we became friends. And uh, uh, he, he's somebody I uh, like and admire. And um, so I don't know. That's your. That's the tough question you asked me. Oh, that's good because then, then, I, then I apparently have done my job if the question has been a bit tough. But Bobo, thank you so much for coming here and sharing in our community about your great work and some of the insights you, you maybe not be able to find in the books, but there's so many other things. There's in. So go write, read, uh, find the books. You can find them on our, on our, our reading list. We'll put it all in, in the show notes as well about the community, the books, and where else to go and, and look into Bo's uh, great work. Michael, there was one question that you had, which I thought was a very good one. What question didn't you ask me that you should have? Yeah, I, that's probably many questions I didn't answer ask you because there's so much to ask you. <laughs> uh, it's it's really uh, uh, what I'm doing now, which is I'm working on another book, and it really is about the founder of an organization called the Tugboat Institute, which you can find online. I wrote an article about, it was it was really about building businesses to last forever. And what does it take to build a business that lasts forever? Um, and, you know, in Europe, uh, businesses have lasted a lot longer than in the United States. There's only so far back uh, we can go um, unless unless they're Native Americans who started businesses, but I don't think they were really or, oriented toward business. Um, and there's just some great companies. And I'm very interested in this guy's story which is what I'm writing about, uh, because he was a venture capitalist, and um, he, he he was a venture capitalist at Kleiner Perkins, which is one of the top uh, venture capital firms in Silicon Valley, and uh, he got a little disillusioned with what was going on in Silicon Valley, and then he discovered these other groups of companies which he calls evergreen companies. And these are companies that, I'll send you an article uh, that was in ink about uh, about them. And uh, so hopefully, well, we can talk about it when that book gets done. <laughs> well, I think I think there will be already people in the in the uh, in the audience. There's founders and CEO of business thinking about how do I, you know, build. You say build a company to last as well as also by Jim Collins, uh, similar similar kind of thinking about how do we actually have a company that lasts beyond 
beyond beyond you as founder. So yeah, that'll be a super interesting conversation to return to when uh, when the book. Do you have a timeline? Is it like, or do you you rather not say that because research is ongoing? Well, it's uh, I'm supposed to have a draft in by the end of this year, and I'm hoping to be able to do that. But I'm, you know, I'm a terrible at estimating these <laughs> we'll, we'll take it as it comes and when it comes it, it's ready and right for that moment very good very good well thank you very much michael this has been very enjoyable for me yeah and uh, and thank you again uh, bo i will send you um power and energy to you and, and the family and the people you work with and also to the to, to the great work you're still continuing and we are looking forward to to, to read that book and Uh, and hopefully you will come back on the show and we will dive into that specific book. I will be happy to. Okay, well, that's very good. Well, let's stay in touch then, Michael. We'll definitely do. Thank you so much, Bo. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.